Hi, I've called this uh, the post-pandemic church. But I don't really want to comment on other churches. It's really about how COVID has led to some important changes in our church. And this is my proposal for the future. But I do think that every church should be asking the question, what can we learn from this past year? Now, is there something that God may be leading us to do differently? Uh, as I said, we made some changes, especially to our Sunday gatherings. And I'm sure many uh, may have assumed that it was just for a season until we get through COVID. Some have asked, are we going to go back to the way things were before the pandemic? And the short answer to that question is, no, we are not. But let me explain why and how I see our church moving forward. The first thing that we have to come to terms with is that we can't go back to the way things were because the church has already moved on. You know, I think for many of us, it feels like we've been on a journey. Uh, there's been a lot to navigate over the past few months, but there's no doubt that we've seen God's blessing and his faithfulness in so many ways. Uh, it's like God has gone before us, uh, like he did with Israel when they followed his presence through the wilderness. In fact, it feels like we've been trying to keep up with God as he's brought us into new territory. And not just in the way that we're doing things, but also in a new location. Uh, some of you will remember that we had already made plans to start a new congregation in Stratford County. Uh, we put it in this uh, vision document that we shared with the church at the beginning of last year. Uh, we hadn't quite decided on the specific steps that we would take or the timeline. Uh, we were just starting to pray about it. But then the pandemic hit, which caused us to multiply and have smaller gatherings in different locations. And that led to the formation of a new thriving congregation in Stratford County. We hadn't expected it to happen that soon. It wasn't how we would have planned it. It just happened. It was birthed in the pandemic. And now it's like we're trying to play catch up uh, to keep in step with what God is doing. Our vision was to multiply the church across the seacoast and not just multiplying congregations, but also multiplying leadership and gifting uh, where the older generation uh, who are more mature in the faith are serving alongside and mentoring the younger generation to see them equipped and released into ministry. And that is all now becoming a reality with many more young people now involved in leadership. Uh, what might have seemed kind of a long way off is now happening. And a lot of it has to do with the changes that we've made in the past year to the way that we gather on Sunday mornings. Because our meetings are now far more open and flexible and reproducible than they were before the pandemic. And I know that's just kind of one aspect of our church life together, but it's an important one. Now, I really do believe that God in his providence has used the pandemic to uh, disrupt our familiar patterns of church life and created this opportunity, uh, this space for us to uh, rethink or reimagine what church could look like. And I know for many that is uncomfortable because we like what is familiar, don't we? I, I mean, I do. Uh, so I get that. I really do. But the problem is that we can keep on just doing the things that we've always done, you know, assuming that's what church is meant to be like, without really stopping to ask the question, is this what God wants? How fruitful are we? Are we really growing as disciples of Jesus? 
and how effective are we at making disciples, which is what we've been called to do. You know, how uh, closely does our church resemble what we see in the New Testament, which surely should be our model? The fact is that the vast majority of churches today have used the same formats for their Sunday services for decades or centuries even. Uh, you know, that's how it must have been in the New Testament church, we think. But there is nothing really in the Bible that tells us definitively how their meetings were structured. And surely that's deliberate because different styles and structures might be needed in different contexts or cultures. And as the world changes around us, the church has to be flexible enough to adapt, which I think is vital right now in these days that we are living in. But what's important, the thing that should always be familiar is the content. When we compare our church with the early church, that's what we should be looking at because that's what we see in the New Testament. Uh, it's the content of their gatherings and their life together, not so much the structure. So for example, in Acts chapter two, we're told that the first church in Jerusalem met on a regular basis. At that time, they had the freedom to gather all together in the temple courts, but they also gathered in their homes. But what was the content of their meetings? What did they do? Well, we read there in uh, Acts 2.42 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Four key ingredients. You know, their community was shaped by God's word, uh, by the teaching that they received. They were committed to one another, to the fellowship uh, or their life together, where they cared for the needy among them. They served one another. They broke bread regularly, no doubt celebrating the presence of Jesus in their midst. And they spent time praying together, which is why I would suggest they were experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit as evidenced by the signs and wonders they were seeing. And it resulted in people being saved and added to their church community. That's what we see here in Acts chapter 2. We get more content in another snapshot of the gathered church in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in chapters 11 to 14. Again, the Lord's Supper seemed to play a key role, as did the exercise of spiritual gifts. At least that's what the Apostle Paul was advocating for. Uh, he says this, he says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And he emphasizes the diversity of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the church that should be evident when the church gathers together. He says, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or, or an interpretation. Everything must be done. All these things must be done, he says, so that the church may be built up. The emphasis there seems to be on different members of the church body ministering to one another with the gifts that God has given them. We see something similar in Paul's instructions to the churches in Ephesus and Colossae, uh, where he says this, he says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, uh, presumably prophetic songs, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then from Colossians, he says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. 
is describing there a church that was uh, full of the word and full of the spirit, overflowing in thanksgiving as they taught and instructed one another and as they sang and prophesied about the good news of Jesus. And when you put all of these passages together, you get a picture of church gatherings that look rather different to how most churches operate today, don't you think? I mean, for a start, the content of their gatherings seems far more varied, uh, with singing and thanksgiving, uh, teaching and breaking bread, uh, fellowship and prayer, uh, prophetic revelation and uh, these various gifts of the Spirit. And while we know that there were pastors and teachers and leadership present, it seems that many of those contributions came from within the body, involving lots of different people. And even though it's clear from 1 Corinthians 14 that these things were to be done in a proper, orderly manner, yet we're left with the impression that there was a lot of spontaneity in their meetings uh, and that you know, people were more spirit-led, more spirit-empowered. You know, God was in the midst of his people. Again, it seems rather different to most churches today where many of us have, had, have kind of been used to a more programmatic front-led meeting where we might get 30 minutes of singing, followed by announcements, children's ministry, and then a 30-minute sermon. And that is why I am personally very excited about how God has been leading us recently in our Sunday gatherings. Uh, you know, we, we now break bread most weeks. Uh, with the bread and wine in the middle of the room you know we want the presence of jesus to be a central focus for our gatherings there's usually a short teaching singing testimony and contributions from lots of different people because the meetings are now far more open and spirit-led at one of our gatherings i came ready to teach and just ended up summarizing what god had already been saying because a number of people had brought contributions that essentially had preached my message for me i think that's the most striking difference to how our meetings used to be right it's the opportunity that people now have to participate uh, you know with fewer people in each gathering everyone facing one another rather than all in rows facing a platform. Uh, it's allowed for different people to contribute in a more informal and intimate environment. And not just adults, but children as well. That's been particularly encouraging to see how children have been engaging in our meetings. In fact, one child recently shared with Sam Poe about a dream they'd had about him, which turned out to be quite significant. Now that's exciting, isn't it? We've also had first-time guests contributing, which is really encouraging, as well as people who have been with us for some time, but who might never have shared before, who might not have had the courage or opportunity, or, or perhaps may not have felt qualified, or who don't speak English. And it's been exciting to see how God has used each one to build up his body and bring glory to Jesus. Uh, whether that's through reading a scripture, giving a prayer or testimony, sharing a revelation or a message, bringing a word of encouragement or thanksgiving, or sharing a need or prophetic insight that's resulted in ministering to people. It's also made it easier for new people to feel a part of our church. You know, we now have a number of families from the Dominican Republic who have joined our congregation in Summersworth. One of the ladies told me recently that even though she doesn't speak much English, it really felt like this was her church, her family, because she was able to participate and contribute to the meeting with translation. 
In fact, I would say that in this new structure, first-time guests have found it much easier to get connected and join us who may never have found their way in before. But don't take my word for it. Let's hear from a cross-section of people from our two congregations in Portsmouth and Summersworth. I love these meetings because I feel for the first time in a large church com context that the, the style of the Acts church is, is happening. I've experienced that in house churches. I've experienced that in small groups. Um, but I feel like the style of the meeting is so conducive to what we read in Acts and um, my heart has really come alive in this setting. I love uh, the diversity. I love that it's, it's multi-generational. There's kids, there's older folks, there's, it's multilingual, there's multiple languages, and there's multiple people sharing. And so you really get a diversity of, of interaction and it's a really beautiful thing. And what I like about the New Frontiers Sunday meetings are the chance to practice your faith, the uh, strength of community that we have here, and the love that people share. What I love so much about um, our new venue here at Summersworth and meeting together more intimately is that we get just that. We get close community. Um, everyone gets to contribute and bring something. I know for me, I'm starting to share more and feeling really comfortable and um, just what God's impressing on my heart and sharing that with my fellow brothers and sisters. And I really enjoy that closeness, that intimacy, that um, it's very authentic and the Holy Spirit is showing up meeting after meeting and i'm really in love with that hi um i am here to say how much i appreciate the sunday service and um i have to say the music is always fabulous the um, words of god are always special and true and hit home and i just love the spirit that reigns over the whole whole morning event so uh, what I love about our uh, Sunday meetings now is just the uh, intimacy, which has been a silver lining in you know this whole pandemic. What I love about our Sunday meetings is we're hearing from a lot of people who we wouldn't normally hear from in a big packed meeting when things are more planned. And I love the opportunity to be able to hear people's personal testimonies and uh, sharing needs and being able to go up and pray for them. So I think it's a more intimate atmosphere than uh, we've had for a while. I love going to New Frontiers Church because of the love that is in their community. Also, they let us answer questions. Me gusta mucho la iglesia porque es donde yo encontré por mucho tiempo estuve buscando una iglesia donde realmente yo sintiera la presencia de nuestro Señor Jesucristo y donde yo encontrara que alguien nos diera el valor y la importancia de un grupo como realmente is for a long time she was looking for a church where she could find a family where people were um, truly seeking God and she's found that family in here with people that um, with a community that of people that really are searching for God so one of the things I really enjoyed about the new Sunday format is we're getting a chance to see some of our young leaders lead from the front and really have the opportunity to exercise their gifts in preaching, ministry, leading in prayer, and all those things. I just want to say thank you to others who shared positive things about our meetings, uh, but I couldn't fit everyone into that video segment. So where is this all going? What does this mean for our church post-pandemic? It means that when we can meet together without restrictions, larger numbers, without masks, 
We want to continue with this new format, at least for the foreseeable future, I'd like us to give this a go. Because it's closer to what we see in the New Testament, and from everything we are seeing and hearing, it is bearing more fruit. It will mean keeping the size of our gatherings to under 100 people, because I think the size and the format of our meetings has proven far more conducive to us engaging with God and with one another than was possible before. It's also harder to be passive and therefore it's a better environment for us to grow as disciples of Jesus. And as our numbers grow, then we just form new congregations. As I said at the beginning, that was our vision, to multiply the church across the seacoast. You know, I can envisage one church with multiple congregations, each congregation with their own leadership team, serving their own locality, seeking to be a gospel witness and a blessing to the cities that they're in but all sharing a common vision, building with the same values, and all served by the same pastoral team, and coming together for prayer, for training, and conferences, and so on. Because of course, the Sunday morning, uh, the Sunday meeting, you know, it's not the whole picture, is it? It's, it's just one expression of the church. You know, I think big gatherings and small gatherings will also play an important part in our life together. So it would be uh, small group communities, mid-sized congregations, and then maybe big celebrations. Communities, congregations, celebrations. Uh, so for the celebrations, I could see us all meeting together as one church, perhaps quarterly, starting this summer, one big gathering with music and preaching and food and you know, all the flag wavers can come out and you know, wouldn't that be fun? Uh, but then our small group communities will continue to have an important role as well perhaps even more so than in the past, especially if we are all serious about following Jesus and growing as his disciples, which I hope we all are. You know, I could see the Alpha groups playing a key part in that, helping new people become disciples of Jesus. And the format for Alpha has proved hugely successful because it provides a space for people to come and ask questions. They get to experience community in a relational environment as they share a meal together. Then they watch a 20-minute video followed by discussion. And so many people all over the world have had their lives changed because of participating in an Alpha group like that. But you see, it shouldn't stop there. All our small groups could be like that. And if we're going to continue to grow as disciples of Jesus, then we all need that. Even Jesus' first disciples were in a small group, right? We all need the accountability and the relationship that a small group community provides, much like Alpha. Which is why we're going to continue to have our sermons online. We will still have short messages on Sunday mornings, but it's a different style of teaching that usually leads to a response, such as an invitation to come to Jesus as we share communion or to receive prayer and so on. But if we're really gonna be devoting ourselves to the teaching as they did in Acts 2, I wanna suggest that perhaps the best way we can do that is with others. You know, some form of small group community where everyone can watch the 20 minute video together, just like Alpha, and then discuss it, apply it, and be accountable to one another to live it out, because that is how we will grow. So if you're not already part of a small group doing that, can I encourage you either to join one or start one? 
And I want to suggest that um, that will be far more fruitful, far more effective in making disciples than just sitting in a big meeting like we used to, listening to a 30-minute sermon where there's no discussion, no one anothering, no real accountability, where more often than not, we just go home and forget the message. So I guess the big question in all of this is how serious are we about growing as disciples of Jesus, growing in our relationship with him, and making disciples as he commanded us. Because my contention for the post-pandemic church is that you know, what I've been outlining here is more biblical and therefore will be more fruitful than what we've been used to in the past. And if we can see that, and if we are serious about following Jesus, right, then we can make this work. We can leave behind what was familiar and go on an adventure, enter new territory to embrace all that God has for us. In fact, he's already leading us there. So let's follow him and not look back. If you have any questions, please do get in touch with me. But God bless you this week.